Greetings, welcome to RLM TV. God bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen, welcome back. <laughs> you can see it's pretty cloudy in here today, in yeah. the living cloud. <laughs> Why? So, I think a lot of people are dealing with heightened spiritual warfare lately. We want to give you some keys, uh, some wisdom, some revelation. Understand true fellowship is creating an atmosphere of revelation. What is the purpose of revelation? To build up our spirit, eating our daily bread, to work unto God, doing the works that please Him. Amen? So Amen. there's a feasting, there's an energizing, and oftentimes, you know, after you eat a lot, just like sheep, mm -hmm. we're called God's sheep, His, His lambs, they will gorge on fresh, tender, green pasture until they pass out. And that's the resting the resting of the word. But when you come out of that trance and that Holy Ghost, glorious gluttony of God's Holy Word and getting just overfed on revelation and God's glory and the river of life and the things of heaven, there are good works prepared for you to do. As it's written, Lord God Almighty, let your works appear and those who know intimately are in union with their God shall do great exploits it is written so we want people to get so energized and fed so well trained that their inner man can allow God the Father to fully flood through it to do awesome exploits that advance God's kingdom all over the world I remember Bob Jones he used to talk about being a holy terror for God you walk in the fear of the Lord the terror of the Lord you become a holy terror. Amen. One translation calls them the terribles of the nations or the terrors of the nations, which means the fear of the Lord is so strong on these ones. They're so thoroughly set apart from worldliness that God's throne can be felt physically through nefesh, even in human blood when these holy ones come around. Be so consecrated that your holiness is felt by sinner's flesh. Then the glory of God will convict them of wrongdoing. I know one of the greatest things that is ever going to happen in our world is the restoration of the fear of the Lord. The reverential awe, but there's a trembling. We inherit salvation through what? Fear and trembling, the scriptures say. You know, a lot of people... Not through patty cake. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and not through rejoicing. We rejoice the joy lords our strength. It doesn't mean there's any diminishing of joy, mm -hmm. but there is a balance in all things. You can't just go just into focusing on bliss and joy all the time and just say, well, I don't need the fear of the Lord. Next thing you know, they, don't need, land. they don't need obedience. <laughs> wow. People have gotten so weird in feeling bliss and feeling joyful and in really trying to tempting in their mindsets that, celebration before the actual victory before circumcision even before even circumcised god told me today hardly any christians in the whole world right now even have one circumcision you know what the mark of the new covenant is circumcision of heart what's the mark of the old covenant circumcision circumcision of flesh esau rejected circumcision no one in edom which is the nation of esau has the covenant of circumcision. Well, today, now Christians get born again, and it becomes this 
this entire group of people that have doctrines and teachings about Jesus and God, you know, the Lord was giving me terms. They are demonic believers. They are entirely demonic. Edom is a place of entirely demonic Christianity. Mm -hmm. And it's every form known to man. It's the celebrational, even the counterfeit drunken glory, celebrational, uh, you know, stuff where they're wild mm -hmm. and they're free and they look like they're jumping around and 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 also the strict part mm -hmm. so there is an actual counterfeit of every type and level of christianity in stages of growth the devil has counterfeited every level of growth growth he has false freedom and so we need to understand that the covenant guys mm -hmm. the mark of the covenant what really matters not in the external forms, not even so much how you feel. You've got to come to a place where it's not based on the human being's feelings, because that means zero. What matters is the feelings of the Holy Spirit t overtaking your feelings. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit will feel all kinds of different ways. The Holy Spirit is like a, a, a lion of the tribe of Judah. He's coming back and his wrath is being poured out in Revelation. The seven bowls of wrath of the Lord God Almighty. It's not Satan's wrath. It's not the religious demon's anger or frustration. Revelation says it's the wrath of the Lamb of God. The wrath and the full fury of the anger of the Lord God Almighty. You guys want to deal with this stuff today? There is a joy also in that cleansing wrath and anger, that furious judgment, because there is so much confusion. There is so much wrongdoing, and God's going to clean it up. He really wants to clean house, and He wants to clean house starting with the house of God, starting with Christianity. Mm -hmm and get all the distractions out of the way and get it get us focused on the things that matter to the mm -hmm. father and it is simply where are you in christ what rung are you standing on jesus christ proclaimed in john 1 51 that he was jacob's ladder the words in hebrew of john 50 and genesis 28 of jacob and jesus christ is the exact same phrase okay so the lord jesus christ the messiah declared that he was jacob's ladder entirely he calls himself the gate to god you know this is the gate to god genesis 28 i am the gate to god john 151 it's the exact same phrase so understand that in jesus name now we need discernment of not just all of the spiritual stuff that people think is spiritual, not all the giftings that are irrevocable, but understanding what rung are you on. Okay, if Jesus Christ declared, I am Jacob's ladder, which he absolutely did, wisdom is knowing what rung you're on and what rung whatever pastor or apostle or prophet, everyone on, on Facebook and nowadays on YouTube calls themselves a prophet or, you know, we're, we're not anything like that. We're just free. We're freer than those people with titles. And that's also religion. What matters is I'm speaking what my father is speaking and I'm doing what my father's doing. You know what he wants to do? Separate sheep from goats. And it's not us and them. It's the demonic out of everyone for the mark of the new covenant which is circumcision of heart 
Romans chapter 2, it is written. And if they don't have the most important thing, the mark of the new covenant, a circumcised heart and growing in the sword of the Lord on the inside, up rungs, up Jacob's ladder, it's sandcastle activity. Even in all the celebration, listen, there were entire groups around the mountain in the final quest that were throwing parties. I was just thinking about that when you're talking about the same thing. <laughs> I just saw a vision of it. Yeah, I saw the vision too. So yeah. The angel wants to minister yeah. this wisdom to you that there are all kinds of groups of demonic believers or believers under demonic influence that are completely paired and coupled with demons, totally and completely deceived, that are not focused on true ascension. Do not be pulled into those groups. Be pulled up the mountain through the circumcision of your heart. Okay, this is not a fad. This is not a feeling. This is a circumcision. Your growth in Christ is not a feeling or a fad. It's it's not even what people are nowadays calling celebration, because they you know they were actually completely struck down for two weeks after they were circumcised. So for the most part, it's surgery. God is not bringing you this during this time into celebration. He's bringing you into surgery. Afterwards, you can have the celebration mm-hmm. once you have the surgery or the Otherwise, circumcision that almost celebrate. no Christians have right now. Yeah. So what are we doing down here c- celebrating on the sand? That is pure delusion. <laughs> the Lord hey, rebuke you, Satan. Doesn't that sound familiar? <laughs> I think I heard a story about uh, two people went up the mountain and everybody else was celebrating down in the sand. <laughs> and, uh, right. you know, that's kind of how it goes. Why did Enoch call this a perverse generation? Because everyone is basically on black Malkut. No circumcision, barely What's one What's giving and taking in marriage? Days of Noah. Cool. They were celebrating apart from the, uh, from, from the ark. Noah is building the ark, practicing righteousness, mourning and lamenting the destruction of the world, Right. And the whole world is just out there celebrating on the counterfeit, counterfeit mm-hmm. wine. They were getting drunk and carousing. It was great debauchery, immorality everywhere, drunkenness on alcohol. The fallen angels had taught the whole earth alcoholism. Okay, so they had all the counterfeit celebrations. That is exactly what we're dealing with right now. People throwing Christian parties and Christian celebrations apart from the mountain or even the ark that God is trying to construct during these days through our circumcised hearts. Do you remember what happened in uh, Rick Joyner's <laughs> vision, the final quest? All those people who were just out partying and you know celebrating, you know, I don't need to be a warrior, I don't need to be a soldier, I don't need to be in Joel's army. When the battle started, which there's a battle that's coming, and I'm not talking about battles, that have happened in the past, what you've known in Christianity. There is a battle that's coming to earth. And, you know, there's there's a lot of things going on. But if you are one of those people, guess what? That party is not going to be able to continue as planned. It's it's going to get ugly. And it's a time for the warriors to arise. So if you've seen that vision, if you've read that book, you understand that it's about the times that the world is coming to. And what was the discouraging thing for him is immediately so many people were taken out, taken into captivity, destroyed, 
all kinds of stuff. They were in disbelief about that even happening and just try to stick with their delusion as the enemy birds carried them off into the enemy camps. And so what was the only encouraging thing is after almost everybody got completely decimated, some people started coming back wearing full armor. Mm. So oftentimes what it takes is a lot of the really intense warfare before people realize where they didn't really have the armor. So we need to put on the full armor of God. That's one of our prophetic words for 2024. You're going to need the full armor of God this year. And so it's not the time to play games. And like Brandon said, it's not really a time to celebrate. Let's. This is a time to get stronger in the spirit, stronger in the word and in the spirit of God and wear the full armor of God so that you can have victory in Jesus Christ, actual victory and withstand, stand in the day of evil, stand in the day when those judgments are coming down and having done all, you can stand. And then when you have the victory and when we have the victory, then that's a good time to celebrate and make sure to give God all the glory, the great things that he's done for us. And so you can just see so many people in the wrong version of Christianity are really getting into the wrong things. They're not preparing for battle. They're preparing for retirement from the army. You know, it, it's not, this is not the patty cake time. And, you know, it's interesting that you're bringing these things up today because this was in my study as I was studying in the oral tradition of Moses, which we recommend for those students once you're at the level of Hesed, you're at the rung of Hesed, of Isaiah, and that's fully circumcised. That's when you're cosmically old enough to go into studying as a spiritual person, studying the oral tradition of Moses, Moses the Holy Kabbalah. And if you want to know more about the details about those requirements and why it's that level, uh, you can find the links in the description below, or you can find our masterclass, the freshman and sophomore year. And as you go through those, you'll learn about all those different things. And, you know, what are the dangers of someone who's a baby, immature Christian studying uh, the, the deeper mysteries of God? It requires spiritual maturity, right? Even the apostle Paul in the New Testament, he's talking about, I wish we could go on to advanced training, but we can't. Why is it? Because he didn't feel like it. It didn't have to do with Paul's emotions or his feelings toward them. It wasn't because they were not loved. No, he provided the greatest love that they had, that he had the love of an apostle toward them. So why is Paul just being mean? Is he just withholding the secrets of the Lord because he thinks he's better than us? No. He's a good, he was a good apostolic church father, and he understood that they were far too immature to delve much into the mysteries. He would teach and preach at exactly where the Holy Spirit had him preaching that they could handle for that church, for that congregation, or for, you know, those letters that send this, read it in all the congregations. And so that's what they needed at that level. So a good father or a good mother which is recorded in the um, oral tradition of Moses. That's another word, mother. They'd use that for some of their spiritual fathers. It was just a Kabbalistic term that means the Zadik, which is, you know, the righteous one of your generation or the righteous ones. But in every generation, there's that foundation that God builds in the earth upon, which is usually it has to do with the restoration of righteousness. That's what God is interested in doing restoring righteousness, truth and righteousness, purity, 
and righteousness that comes down from above, which is wisdom that builds you up into the heavens. So when you understand there's the study of the oral tradition, we recommend you go through the class because it's already been digested as a mother bird digests the food for the baby birds in a form that they can handle <laughs> without dying, right? If you give a two-year-old a piece of steak, well, I don't know, you know, with your child development of a two-month-old, a three-month-old, if you give a little baby a big piece of steak, they could possibly choke and die on it. And the oral tradition of Moses does come with a classic warning that's been around forever with it about the tale of those who went in to study it and the negative things that can possibly happen. Why is that? If it's not based on your relationship with the Word of God, which is a person, that's Jesus Christ, and if you're not solid in that rock and that foundation of I am loved, I'm walking in the New, uh, new Testament, New Covenant, you know, you're not going to be in bondage. Here's a sign. If you're already in bondage to Old Testament legalism, or you have weird issues with that, emotional and mental issues with that, or confusion about Old and New Testament, you're going to be even worse off with the oral tradition of Moses. Is the legalistic version of that so is much the clippeth. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It has to be the wisdom. So just be... There needs to be a wisdom yeah. to filter every word from God. Yeah. Otherwise, it'll be hearing, mm -hmm. but not understanding, which means that there's no circumcisions for the divine nature mm -hmm. to understand anything heaven's saying or doing. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference between Satan quoting the Bible to Jesus and Jesus quoting <laughs> the Bible to Satan. Right. So They're both using the, the Bible. Same one's Bible. the devil, the other one's God. Yep. Same book, and that's heaven and hell every day for the souls of the earth. Yep. Every warlock augurs before Yadevave. Numbers 24. And Balaam augured before Yadevave. You know what that means? With no veil. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, in the heavens, the before God, <laughs> without the veils, and still a warlock sorcerer of Satan against God's people Israel. Woo! It's intense. It's intense. So with that being <laughs> said about that, the cosmic maturity that you'll have to be able to really digest and study that is, you know, once you've, you've gone through the class, you've gone up the rungs with the accurate circumcisions, with the signs and wonders, following after you already you you have the incision you know what it is you understand and you can see the the fruit of a changed life that permanent change in you and you know it's not a question it's not i got to check with somebody else it's it's a really intimate knowing of god in that and so if you're not sure where to start start with school of the magi uh, on the app the glory life app go through that we've had multiple people they go through that until they get on the moon that's literally how it's been working. So you just go through that until you can do it. And it's a relationship with God, but that's the revelatory teaching of the apostles that can get you there. Right? You don't have to go and reinvent the wheel on your own. God has already uh, made and established that in this time so that you can do it without having to go through you know, everything that we've had to go through. You know, For me, everything I've had to go through in order to establish that, and now we have established with two witnesses and many more witnesses as more people are rising. Right, it and works you're for going everyone. To rise. So with that being said, Hesed of Asaya, full circumcision, once you have that, you are old enough cosmically to begin your oral tradition. And when you reach there, at that point, uh, we'll provide we'll be able to provide you with some more, you know, materials 
and things like that. But until then, just be content with your childhood and enjoy a glory life childhood in God and just embrace that. It's wonderful. But so as I was studying, I thought that this was so fascinating that you brought this up today. I want to read you uh, this little passage and take a look at this because we're talking about that false celebration uh, and the counterfeit. See, when God had a, a real move in the earth of his spirit, but the cloud has moved on, <laughs> the ark has moved on, God has moved on, that's not what he's doing right now. He's doing a new thing. <laughs> we're not in Lutheran revival. If anyone came around and said, I had a, I'm having a Lutheran revival, actually, I would be happy for you. Yeah. But, uh, but if you're trying to do what God did in the past, mm-hmm. people would know you've lost your mind. Are you, are you going backwards? This is my Amish revival. I hope the Amish do have a revival. Actually, we're praying for that. He always progresses, though. If it's mm-hmm. forward progress. Yeah. and That's what's written. He always leads us in triumphant procession. <laughs> so, you know, he's moving everyone forward into yeah. his future which is the heavenly glory. So here's the warning sign. Now you can tell this is an enemy counterfeit of something. It looks and has the appearance in the same forms, right? The form doesn't denote the substance, right? You might have a glass, a certain vessel. What's the substance inside? That's what's important because God uses different forms over time. He will use different examples. Like he'll use snake, bad right snake bad snake very bad snake deceived woman and man the snake is bad well then you go into the story with moses and they're in the wilderness no snake good (laughs) very good look at snake get healed (laughs) so which is it you have to know god and what he's saying and then you'll know and that's the thing is religion wants to make it a form Religion is about adopting forms instead of getting to know the substance Mm -hmm. of Jesus Christ. So if you went through the charismatic renewal and you only held on to the form, God's moved long on for a long time since, you know, Pentecostal renewal, charismatic renewal. Those were real moves of God. But as God wanted to continue to grow and develop his bride, the bride of Christ has to mature right? We're not going to stay the same for another thousand years. It's not going to happen. Not on our watch. Uh-uh. As he moved and wanted to develop and grow, the substance of the Holy Spirit continued to move on. And those who only clung to the form and the gifts remained in the past. It's just an empty shell. If the form, which is God, got up and left out of the vessel and went and did something else, but you're still holding on to what? It's an empty cup. Then they got to fill it with something else because it's empty. Ichabod, the glory already departed. So when the glory departs, what do people replace it with? It's the false glory, which is the sevenfold spirit of the abominations of Satan, which you can find that in the Bible, the seven seven things that God hates. Mm -hmm. And that is actually the sevenfold counterfeit Shekinah, which is the spirit of Jezebel, whose mother is Lilith. It's the counterfeit of Shekinah below, Shekinah above. And most Christians don't even know about that because they've largely rejected the Jewish literature, rabbinical literature that Jesus Christ himself studied, even as a child, where he would sit and listen to them to learn. 
and respond to them, and his responses and questions shook them. Why? Because he was the Word in the flesh sitting right there. So, of course, he had some interesting things to comment, <laughs> to put in commentary on what they were saying and interesting questions to ask that would really shake them. So understand, that's what this is. But I found this as I was studying the oral tradition of Moses. Now we have that background here. Uh, this is when the rabbi said, uh, the merchant said to me, this is their parables here, come, I will show you the dead of the generation of the desert. <laughs> now what is that? Those are the people who died in the wilderness that could not enter the promised land because of what? They were celebrating in the sand while mm. only M Moses and Joshua went up the mountain. Why did they only go up the mountain? They all said no to going up the mountain. No, you just go and come back and tell us what to do. We don't want, we're afraid that God's going to kill us. They thought he was like Pharaoh. <laughs> we're just going to have a party in the sand until you get back. <laughs> and that, <laughs> oh man. Ooh. It's Christianity <laughs> that <laughs> remains in the human being and they never develop the Christ nature inside their bodies. Mm. It's self-opinionated religion. It's religion in its worst form. Mm. Religion truly is taking everything of God that's true, righteous, mm. and holy, and glorious and trying to retain it in the human being. As it's mm. written, the old wineskin will burst. The old wineskin is the human being. That means be completely destroyed. So those that are trying to put all the things of God into the human being, which is exactly what religion is and what sand in the desert people, that desert generation, mm. it's trying to take all the Christianity, even all the revelations, and have it inside the human being. Those that go on the mountain begin to sacrifice the human nature, just beginning to, and begin to develop a completely other nature from their heart upward. Out of your belly will flow rivers of Jesus Christ's nature, but of this you spoke of the Holy Ghost. For believers who are obedient, John 7, 38, it is written. So the mountain is the place of complete and total destruction of the human nature. You know, it is, comp it is so different because there is celebration, but I'll tell you this, from 24 years of this narrow path of taking up my cross and following him, not caring what it looks like, going through all kinds of wild, glorious stuff and tons of warfare. We have seen it all. The celebrations are very, very momentary because you quickly move on to the next thing. It, it's mm -hmm. not like you just stay in this area and just... Uh, yeah. Just chill out. Like We're just going to Netflix and chill the rest of our Christian lives. I hope you understand what I'm saying. It quickly moves on to the next step. Yeah. It, it, there's almost this urgency of the Holy Spirit and the holy angels sent from God's throne yeah. for the believers to, to grow up because so many don't. Because he wants to demonstrate really good leadership on the mountain, which is Calvary, total crucifixion, total denying of self, the constant development of the Christian nature on the inside, this, the circumcision of the heart, the, the, the keeping of the covenant of the circumcision of the heart, and the circumcision of the mind. Mm. And he wants to demonstrate the circumcision of the mind and heart to people on the mountain in a very, very intense way. Earlier I talked about, well, they're not, they should not be celebrating, they should be mourning. Well, I tell you the truth, I never mourn. I just want to be clear with you, I never mourn. I can't remember a time I've mourned in years about anything. 
and uh, the joy and, and the happiness is so constant. But what, what I'm saying is the intensity mm-hmm. for the Father's will gets stronger. So mm-hmm. it's like there's Warrior. no distraction, even though you're constantly experiencing a greater glory. And especially when the ladder opened up and Enoch's door opened up for me, there was no demotion whatsoever. There was no lessening of glory. What there was as an intensification. Now, we loved it. I was drinking the new wine before, uh, just barrels of the glory before coming on the air today. But I'll tell you, there's a difference of using it for service Mm -hmm. and prostituting it for feelings in the flesh. And isn't that kind of the difference (laughs) between Gideon's 300? And I had to learn all that the hard way. I'll tell you now, there are still so many people that think that glory is a feeling for your flesh and have not used it Mm -hmm. to energize their spirit men for service to God. And I'm just so thankful that he gave me grace so I could learn to use the glory to energize my eternal spirit to serve my father like the angels because that's the purpose Mm -hmm. of it. And when we're young and stupid in the things of God, we usually use it for some other thing, for some selfish thing. thing. (laughs) And I'm (laughs) telling you now, it's totally and completely wrong and it's absolute glory immaturity. God does tolerate it if you're making progress through it, if you're going to repent. But I tell you the truth, the higher things of God is all about that lightning for service, the cherubim Mm -hmm. of the lightning of his glory. Mm. It's for service. You know, Jesus Christ is called the servant of the Lord. Now, what is the function of a servant? You know, Paul says, I'm a bond servant in chains. So the apostolic is the servanthood of the Father. Amen? Amen. So the kingship and the greatest in the kingdom is servant of all. That means service. That means doing the works that please the Father. You cannot do that in the human being. You do that in the circumcised heart and mind as a spirit being that is glorified as an angelic being. The word for being born again in 2 Corinthians 5.17 is a new creature, which is the same exact term as living creature. The, the chayat and those living cre- so you are like the living creatures around his throne and there's a function and a service of the father for all the increase of the energy this is so essential in in this generation because so much of the things we experience for god we think it's about feeling a certain way or an intoxication or a drunkenness or we get you know the presence becomes a a, a thing for us rather than an empowerment for service. Mm. It has to change into becoming a servant of the Lord. Otherwise, we become, just like the fallen angels, thieves of the glory. They are are stealers and thieves. The thief only comes to steal Jesus Christ. The main thing he wants to steal is the feeling good in the glory. Now let that just settle in, because when you're really young and stupid in the Lord, you think it's about feeling good in the glory. He does want you to feel good, but understand that's a byproduct that your flesh is experiencing. Jesus Christ said in in John chapter 6, the flesh counts for nothing has no value, Mm -hmm. but you need it because that's your connection to the universe, to stars Mm -hmm. and sands that you're making new by being energized in angelic service of your Mm -hmm. spirit man. Yeah, because it's a sin to use the precious anointing oil and the wine for the flesh. It's a sin to use the wine for the flesh. The wine 
is God. He doesn't serve the flesh, right? We're supposed to serve him, worship him in spirit and in truth. So your flesh gets, is supposed to get the overflow of the abundance. So instead of the idolatry of the drunken glory, right? The idolatry of your, our own flesh or our own spirit and use it for myself so I can feel good. Like Brandon said, it's about being energized by grace to do the works that the Father has prepared for us ahead of time. And when you do those and complete those, it's not so much of that like uh, being in kind of a stupor of just not getting anything done for the kingdom. It's not really fruitful. It's not really you know productive. And what's productive in God's kingdom is building in righteousness, which is upward only. So if you're just building outward, that's growing in fatness, right? It's mm. growing, growing fat for the day of slaughter. And all those works will be burned up in the fire. And then a lot of people, when people go to heaven, get caught up into heaven, they get to interview people who were alive on the earth. Like, you know, Rick Joyner was one of them. He would say, oh, this is my favorite author. Nope. And the guy would tell him, nope, don't, don't read don't my stuff. Don't even read my books. Don't even read my books. C.S. Lewis told Rick Joyner, <laughs> don't read my books. They were, they were totally soulish. I barely he made it to barely heaven. Made it was to heaven his testimony? Yeah. Oh, man. So just understand that what people think <laughs> is the best thing in Christianity is usually close to the worst, and they're just glad that they made it to heaven. And so what does that mean? What what does it mean for us, for you? It means the works that the Father has prepared ahead of time are the only works we should be concerned doing. It's There's no consideration for other works. And I can feel the prophet finger buzzing mm -hmm. right now, too, which is really exciting. Yeah, Paul says he commands his churches to work unto the Lord and not for men. So we confuse the working under the Lord and the working for men. See, once you get some circumcision, you have a part of you that can serve God. Yeah. So the reason why you're tuning into this broadcast and why people need to is because they need the sword of the yeah. Lord for the fruit of the Lord in their heart to work out of that Eden energy, which is the garden of the Lord and, and his nature inside mm -hmm. your own spirit. And out of that energy, that superhuman energy that he mightily enkindles and works within you, Colossians 1, you, it's a power for the service of the works he's commanded you mm -hmm. to do. Remember the white garments, putting on the full armor of God. We need it more than ever right now because warfare is totally insane. <laughs> but the full armor of God is that superhuman energy coming out of your belly and wrapping your body on the outside. Mm -hmm. Does it just get like way louder, brighter in here? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's like you I heard that? a trumpet or something. <laughs> 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 It's wild. Um, this dimension is really, really intense. Yeah. Well, you know, it's really wonderful because when you're building in the eternal works of God, when you personally, you at home watching, you have, did you know that you have works that the Father has prepared for you ahead of time to do? It's not just about someone else. And it's not necessarily what other people would think are the works mm. of God. Oftentimes, it might look totally just like a random thing or a normal thing that you're doing. But mm. what does it mean? It means you follow the Holy Ghost highlights. You get the Holy Ghost highlights in the Word of God. Then you pray those prayers. That's what you pray. You pray the highlights from the Holy Ghost. 
you're, you're supposed to, when God takes you through the scriptures, and everyone should be in the scriptures, whether you work, you know, 20 hours a day. <laughs> right after that, my belly is completely on fire. Amen. What a dimension in God. Thank you, Lord. Uh, <laughs> it's so good. I was like, Whoa. yeah. Wow. <laughs> so when you get those highlights, pray those prayers. Pray those scriptures that the Holy Ghost highlighted to you that you might do them. That that would be a mitzvah. That would be, which means you do the commandments. The mitzvah is you do the commandment. Yeah. The Torah, a engage in word. Torah, you read the commandments. And then to, to do the mitzvah, you do the commandments. Do I mean Old Testament external commandments? No. The, mm -hmm. I mean the commandments of Jesus and the Holy Ghost mm -hmm. inside of you, which never violates the word of God. But it's the impulse of holiness mm -hmm. instead of the impulse of the evil inclination. So I want to read this little section, this highlight for you so you can get the wisdom of what we've talked about here today. When God has moved on to a new building, he's moved on to the building of eternal works. God wants to establish righteousness. He's not interested in going back to having another Lutheran revival. Okay? He's not interested mm. in d redoing Azusa Street all over again. Why? You already have Ruah going to be a revival on the stairway, people. And that's it, yeah. That's it. The last awakening, the last great awakening in the outpouring was of the Ruah. The Ruah outpouring where you filled the Ruah Kakadesh. Mm. Uh, that was the last outpouring. Yep. The next awakening outpouring, not just a revival, but actual awakening, mm -hmm. is going to be the outpouring of the Neshama. Neshama. That's it, guys. Write that down. The last outpouring was the Ruah. The reintroduction of the Holy Spirit as Zuzu Street, 100 years of charismatic stuff that we really needed because we'd lost that. But the next one is beyond Ruah, a higher dimension in God called the Neshama. Mm -hmm. The Neshama is the next revival of God. It will be in the stairway mm -hmm. and it won't be on the earth. It'll be in the heavens mm -hmm. of those who have learned and been trained through cir circumcision of heart and mind to live constantly in the rungs of the ladder of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so with that, as I was looking at my study here, uh, just uh, listening and engaging in Torah, this, so this is from the oral tradition of Moses. This merchant said to me, Come, I will show you the dead of the generation of the desert. I went and saw them. They resembled drunkards lying flat out. One of them had his knee raised up, and the merchant went under his knee while riding a camel. A camel. <laughs> he held up his ramak, his spear, but could not touch it. I cut off a corner from the zitzit of one of them. After this, we were not able to leave. The merchant asked me, Did you perhaps take something from them? We have a tradition. Anyone who takes something from them cannot depart. So I went back and put the zitzit corner. Then we were able to leave. Bava, Batra, The dead of the desert <laughs> were like drunkards. They were laid flat out. If that ain't the rhema word of God right now for charismatic Flakeville. And so... <sighs> Truth anyhow. Those uh, 600,000 that did not make it into the promised land who died in the sand parties, right? The golden calf idolatry, right? This idolatry of the Ruah. That's what that represents that came down mm. from Yetzirah. You have to... When God gives you something like Ruah... You need to elevate it back to its source. Giving God the glory is circumcise your ruah all the way through the worlds of Nishama. Yeah. 
This is like a really... I know I feel the armor and the shields, but I feel the people are really trying to stab me. I know it might not be the nicest thing to hear in the world that it's what you want to do. Well, often, what, oftentimes what we feel like we want and what we think is best is not actually what God says is best or what he thinks is best because you know we have a past experience or something. We have to keep going on to learning righteousness. And I want to encourage you, uh, this is... But w my experience with getting set free from being addicted to false love, when you get set free from an addiction, a spiritual addiction, at first you have to resist it and it's something that you do want but you know that you shouldn't want, right? It's like overcoming lust. It's like anything negative. Maybe you smoke cigarettes or you smoke weed and you have to overcome that. At first, if it's something that you love, if it's a vice that you love, it's something that you want even though you're not supposed to have it because it's not good for you. At first, you really want it, but you know it's not good for you, so you put it away. You strive, right? you engage in Torah, and you strive to let go of your addictions. So then what happens? Eventually, if you persist under the pressure and you choose to avoid it, like you're like, no, well, no matter what, even if it kills me, I'm not going to smoke another, <laughs> not smoking another doobie. <laughs> you know, how prepared are you to resist sin? Did you resist smoking that blunt to the point of shedding blood? Probably not. <laughs> Have we resisted sin at times to the point of shedding blood? Yes, that has happened. I know may have, at least a couple of you watching may have also experienced that. Uh, there are certain times in a believer's life, and this is not very common, but there has been a resisting sin to the point of shedding uh, blood. And that is uh, one specific time I remember uh, it had to do with forgiving the sins of those who had sinned against me. And there was just a, literally a physical confrontation in that. And so we don't want it to ever get that bad. But you know what? It's better if you resist to the point of shedding blood than if you didn't resist the sin. Right? The temptation to speak a witchcraft prayer. That's a resisting temptation that somebody who's watching this needs to practice right now and stop trying to stab the apostles. The strength for righteousness, holiness, right doing, and the th doing the things that please the Holy Spirit only comes from the amount of word you have digested in your spirit. And that's the problem with so many. The word never even got past their heart. You know, mm -hmm. and, and it's still in the human being. Mm -hmm. You got to let go and let it be deposited in your spirit. And then from your spirit flows rivers of the Holy Spirit. So it's from your belly that you receive the commandments from the Lord. You want an audible trumpet in your head? That's not how God leads people. He leads. He does that once in a great while, but he leads you by a voice of many waters that flows out of your bellies for those who believe. So if you're not allowing the word to go all the way down into your spiritual stomach, it's impossible to hear the Holy Spirit's commandments because you're not digesting fully the word, which means you have no nutrients or no health for your spirit, man. Mm -hmm. And it's just sitting like constipation in the human soul. And that's where so many people are at mm -hmm. right now. So what we need is, you know, an apostolic shakeup for a wake up, a big flush of all that religion, all that Christian earthly religion, I don't care how charismatic you think it is and how right you are, the whole church needs to be flushed through the human soul down inside the human spirit 
-hmm. boom you know it's like the uh, igniting of fuel in an engine Mm -hmm. and it sparks and it's fire and then it's energized and then it it begins to turn the gears and then the car begins to move and the person begins to rise from the dead Mm -hmm. you learn how to eat you learn how to digest you learn how to yield you learn how to give up your feelings and emotions and control and all that and begin to walk by faith not Mm -hmm. by sight which means the human senses so you have growth can only come in christ by the yielding of the five physical senses if you're retaining any christianity any knowledge of God in your five senses, you're actually growing in the knowledge that puffs up, separating yourself further and further from the Holy Spirit. That's why we just need that flushed into your bellies and just burnt. Amen. And oftentimes it'll come with great deliverance and you'll feel fire and the angels begin to work around you and be like, this person finally is combusting in their belly. And all of those blockages begin to get burned down. Amen. And that combustion, what is combustion? It's light. It's essentially the rising of the bright morning star, Jesus Christ, within you. It's that verse in Malachi, the dawn of day. What is that? The sun of righteousness rising with healing in his wings, healing in his beams. You find there's much more need for rejoicing once you start to be an overcomer. But until you're overcoming all that's in the world, until you're at least overcoming Jezebel's tower, until you're overcoming those things in the world of Isaiah, you know, all of Isaiah, that whole tree of the world of Isaiah, is one, is essentially one big supernal Malkut. That's what it represents. When you're looking at the big picture, that is essentially that Isaiah of that first 11 worlds is Malkut. So it's like one, so that whole thing of Isaiah, that whole first world, you're basically dealing with the things of Malkut, those issues. And so you deal with all the issues of each individual rung, but the overall theme, that's what it is, is Malkut. So just understand, we need to overcome all that's in the world. And when you get circumcised, you have a permanent change in your character, which means it's not really in your nature, your character to do that anymore which means what once you start to get circumcised then what do you need to look out for the evil impulse since it knows that you're a circumcised jew will try to disguise the evil impulse as a mitzvah that's that false white of laban that's that false white flame of the angel of death that's trying to kill you trying to steal from you trying to destroy you so once you begin to be circumcised and those sins are no longer in your nature which means at first you learn to get the revelation so you can repent and then you have to resist sin when you feel like sinning when that pressure comes upon you you lean on christ within you to choose to resist sin even to the point of shedding blood if necessary why because you're a soldier like i don't want to shed blood i know it's not it's likely not going to be your case but why did why is that in the Bible? It's so you can remember how much Jesus suffered for you. If he could suffer that much, you can re- put the doobie down out the do- mm-hmm. down the toilet, out in the trash can. You could put you can pour out the alcohol bottles. You can do it. Amen. Uh, you can stop the false love, stop the inboxing, mm-hmm. the opposite sex trying to get the 
the flee from every form of lust and religion and mm-hmm. do the things yep. that please the Holy Spirit with your whole soul. It's not going to kill you, but even if it did kill you, hey, that's what the martyrs are. They obeyed Jesus to the point of death. And so understand, what's your commitment level of love to Jesus? And, and in a perverse generation, people are barely willing to put down the drugs and the alcohol and the fornication and the emotional fornication in the churches that's so rampant, so rife, is actually their fornication with Jezebel. And they, they want to point and blame if someone's wearing like yoga pants, that's Jezebel. No, like, come on, like get some discernment. Mm-hmm, yeah, like it's your human emotions, inspiration is Jezebel. Those emotions of your ruah <laughs> are not the gift of discernment. And what do you find? This is what, something the Holy Spirit wanted you to understand today. We're getting the downloads from the Lord that your emotions will almost always lead you astray until you've overcome the worlds, those four layers of the worlds of Yetzirah. I'll give you a really good key because, you know, this is how you always break through in your soul every day. You take your emotions to the Word. I like to screen mirror the word uh, on the TV. Oh, we got a little phone and it plays the Bible <laughs> app and then it through airplay it's on the TV and I don't care how I'm feeling. I'm telling mm-hmm. you now, it doesn't matter. When I begin to engage the word of God every single day, it puts me straight into the feeling of the glory. There is the human emotion you deal with it every day, it dies daily. The human feeling, mm-hmm. uh, the human thoughts And every single day you take it to the cross and the cross is the crucifixion of the word of God going into the nefesh soul to live in the glory and do the works of the glory that please the (laughs) Father. You got to do it every day. And then every day is just absolutely glorious. If you want to encourage us, if this is you, (laughs) if you have been successfully putting the word of God into your eyes and ears, without interruption for at least 30 minutes a day successfully for at least the last week maybe two weeks at least the last week just go ahead and leave in the comments that you know just leave it in the comments and give us a little shout and that would really encourage us if there's anybody out there who's been successfully able to get 30 minutes every day without fail into the eyes and ears without being on the cell phone (laughs) without being distracted without doing other stuff that you've really been able to circumcise like that because I noticed one of the tactics of Molech in this last month and this last month or two months, really they started this two months ago, was to kind of lessen, they've been broadcasting in the invisible realm, they broadcast in the invisible realm which is to influence thoughts and activities, is to lessen the importance of undistracted 30 minutes into the eyes and because they want to reduce the light in the eyes why do you think they want to reduce the light in the eyes? It has multiple layered effects. If the eyes are dark, the whole body gets darkness. And when there's darkness, demons can hide. Familiar spirits, uh, monitoring spirits, all kinds of nasty spirits. <laughs> and so one of the most important things, if you are coming against them, warfare prayer is important. That's good. But what's the basis of it? Some of you are a little bit too charismatic. You have a charismatic background. And it's more about the warfare and we've got to do this and decree that and do all this stuff and let's fellowship and do that. You need to just sit your butt down in front of the TV and put the word of God into the eye sockets. Undisturbed, 30 minutes. This is Dr. Jesus' prescription 
So how to blast these monitoring spirits out of your life, these familiar spirits out of your blood. Because guess what? The nefesh is in the blood. So we got to deal with the nefesh. And what does the nefesh not like to do? What it's told to do. <laughs> Discipline. So instead of having a party in the sand to try and make ourselves feel okay about how bad things are, let me just get drunk in the spirit and forget about how bad, you know, how bad the warfare is. Mm. It's like the avoidance, right? The principle, it just in the natural realm, when people avoid what they need to get done, they try to like, you know, watch a TV show or do anything else but what needs to be done. But then they feel that haunting feeling of, it's not what I need to be doing. <laughs> what is that? Procrastination, missing deadlines, or maybe you're a student, you don't feel like studying for the exam until the night before the exam. That's the nefesh. Doesn't like to have any discipline. So discipline that nefesh, which means make it do what it needs to do. And God gave you a free will, so you can just choose. It's not like, oh, there was just too much warfare, I couldn't. That's just an excuse of your nefesh and ruah. You can. And, and this, even when you have a crazy schedule, I'll give you this short little uh, download of when I was working two jobs a day for multiple days a week. First job I had to be clocked in inside the building at 7.30 a.m., which means you're already up and dressed and ready for the day. You're meeting the company standards for your appearance or whatever you use soap okay <laughs> you, yeah. and you got to be at work at 7 30 a.m and then you're working until the afternoon at you know end of the day you're normal like 7 until like 4 or 5 p.m and then after that a little about an hour or so just to drive in rush hour traffic beautiful rush hour traffic drive just to land and start the evening job which you might be there till 10 p.m could be 11 p.m., could be 12 a.m., on occasion, maybe 1.30 a.m., but don't worry, you gotta be up and at work at 7.30 a.m. the next day. And so what did I do with that? I engaged in Torah and meditated and worshiped and praised God and danced before the Lord every day. How do we do that? So if your nefesh is, oh, I can't, I've got too much work, I've got, the kids are doing, you know, it's all nefesh excuses, because if God requires it, that means there's a way to do it. God will never require you to do something that you can't do with him, right? Apart from him, we can't. But what's the whole point? Is to be with him. You shouldn't even have it as an option in your thought process apart from him. Everything we do has to be with him and for him and to him and by him and through him. It's him. It's all about him. Do you want to have a human day or a divine day? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it sort of boils Ooh. down to, am I going to have a human day, which is total deception and right. wrongdoing, and then you have all the terrible fruit of the human being, which is that sinless of Galatians right. 5, the fruit of the flesh, the fruit of the human being, or am I going to have a divine day? And when you're, you're just, rep repentance is choosing to have a divine day every day, which is terminating the human being through the senses by engaging the Word of God, and then using your body mm -hmm. to please the Holy Spirit with it, mm -hmm. it is a progressive sanctification. So sanctification is learning how to use all things for the Lord 
and not for men. That's your whole house, your whole existence, your your business, all your conversation, your thought life, and you're being progressively sanctified unto the Lord to be just like Jesus, to be... Like a, a morning star. We've got some people who've been doing the 30 <laughs> minutes every day. All right. I'm going to give you guys a round of applause. I, I'm so proud of you. That's amazing. That's awesome. So for those of you, if you have a schedule like I just described, a work schedule where you work two jobs and you don't have a lot of time, let me give you a rundown of kind of how my, my schedule of Torah would kind of go with that, which is wake up in the morning. You know, which for us is usually as late as possible because we didn't get enough sleep. Enough sleep. Yeah, God provides. It'll be good enough. Here we go. Start the day. I would get up running, hearing the alarm. And sometimes my body would start moving before my spirit was all the way back inside of it. All the elements would break apart, like in those little lines, those colors. And I would be, I would have fun testing myself. There was a little, uh, there was a little ledge, these little um, stairs that would lead up into this like kind of kitchen area and I would make a game out of it every morning when my alarm went off super early in the morning sometime between 5 and 6 a.m. or you know the very latest maybe 6 30 we're gonna make a run for it (laughs) I would get up running and run and jump up the stairs while everything looks like you you had to go by faith because which stairs are the real stairs the natural physical stairs okay it's like a two two little steps there but it's a hard material. It's like Wait, a just accidentally run up Jacob's ladder. Didn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. make it to work. I chose yeah. the wrong stairway. I, and yeah, I physically didn't show up. Yeah. But it was <laughs> exhilarating because I felt like I was like, sh- like here goes my body. And then sh- like an accordion and like right hit in my body. Here I go. And everyth- I like how it looks because everything looks like it's breaking apart into dimensions. Right? Like you're like, wow. Everything as you're going and... I can see all my arms. I can see all my arms when I'm running. <laughs> you know, the layers of Ruah. I was seeing the layers of my Ruah. Mm-hmm. And that would be visibly because I would be engaging in Torah. So you get the light in the eyes and the worship and the praise. And then it opens up your vision a lot. And so I would leap up the stairs. And by the grace of God, I'd make it every time just to go turn off that really loud alarm. And I'd be surrounded by sometimes physical snakes, or not snakes, well, their snakes were outside, but scorpions would get in the house around where I'd be sleeping sometimes. And uh, there'd be worms around there. It'd be kind of a depressing situation. Sometimes uh, before I'd go to bed, I had to make sure there was no robed, hooded figures of the occult trying to mess with me, or like, you know, demons showing up, apparitions. And so you got to take care of that before you go to sleep. <laughs> and then you're leaping up and everything's breaking apart. Turn off, get ready for the day. And while you're hurrying up and getting ready, listening to the word of God. And faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. I'm going to build up my innermost faith. And just while you're getting ready, audio Bible, because let's be realistic. Who has time in the morning? Maybe you can, you're an early riser. You don't have to be to work for a while. Or you get up for the kids. Half an hour might be easy for you. But for me... Sleep deprived, running, jumping oh, into my body, time to get ready and go to work again for my two jobs, make sure I have everything. It was like audio Bible, right? Make sure you get to work early. And you listen to the teachings and feed your spirit yeah. as you drove back and forth yeah, so three, my, on your commute. Right, so when I go to work, it was time to listen uh, to the teaching. So morning time, I would usually continue with the Bible, 
right? Get the get that Bible foundation. So I would sacrifice my nefesh desire. Yeah, my nefesh desire. I need cool music with cool beats to amp it up in the morning. I was like, I need to eat the word of God so we don't die today. All right, here we go. You know, so audio Bible, and I loved it. It would feed my spirit. If it irritates your nefesh a little bit at first, give it some time. Your spirit will get fed. You'll feel good. You'll like it. You'll learn to be addicted to the word of God. Get to work. Learn to leave the house early enough so that even if there's traffic, it doesn't matter. You're still at work early. I would pause in the car. Make sure my doors are locked for safety. Set my alarm for when I need to walk into the building to be in there to clock in on time. And then I would pause, silence everything except for maybe a little soaking music. And I would close my eyes and wait on the Lord. Usually I only had about five minutes, but that five minutes of waiting was the most glorious. <laughs> oh man, it was so good. If five minutes is all you have, that's all you need. I felt like I got hours of sleep in that five minutes. Mm-hmm. I was totally refreshed and encouraged. I was in the spirit. I was ready to go. Here we go. Time to take on another day. Go in there, you know, armored up. Work unto the Lord and not for man, which means excellence. Try to be the best. Do everything as I'm told. Learn and work hard and do all that and work and work hard. Just totally focused on work. Not about what people are doing. Practicing the presence in the marketplace is prayer. It's (laughs) prayer. Prayer isn't just going into your closet and prayer is practicing the presence in all mm-hmm. things you could be praying brushing your teeth you could be as long as yeah. you're in his presence and moving in that cloud of glory and you're you're moving in his presence you're praying your heart is prayer prayerful and it's moving in god i remember one time you know when i was working i would follow the holy ghost highlights at work so the holy ghost would speak to me hey do this one next do this part next hey make sure this person is going to come to you and say this and that so make sure you have this ready Oh, don't forget, Holy Ghost reminders, right? Angelic reminders. That deadline's coming up. Make sure you have. So what was my prayer time at work? It was mainly just at being better at my job. That's it. Be better at my job and be holy. Be better at my job and be holy. Be set apart. Don't get into the idle chatter. Don't get into the false love. If you fail and repent and taste the fruit of the bad, the bad fruit, and then you change, you're like, okay, that didn't work. That's not good. Let's go back to you know, the word of God. This was the Holy Ghost highlight in my audio Bible this morning. So I know that's what we're going to deal with today. So let's pass our test. Boom, boom, boom. And you just start to kind of get in the cycle of God's going to tell me in the morning every day what we're going to deal with. And then I deal with it at work and then I pass the test. And I know that's what was coming because he told me this morning. I'll tell you this, that this is a huge portion of overcoming religion, which is the entire curse of the fall in your lives is making everything a prayer to God, not just your alone time praying. Yeah. There's a lot of religion in your prayer life, all of you, until you learn how to pray without ceasing, as it's written in Thessalonians, which means practice His presence and do everything with God. And then there's no off switch, and then there's no schizophrenia. This is God. This is not. This mm-hmm. is secular. This is Christian. The, you know, it's just always in the cloud. Come on now. Amen. And why the reason <laughs> I'm telling you about these is because at those two jobs, I was able to be successfully a witness for the Lord, which meant salvation, even a baptism, an accidental baptism in the Holy Spirit, introduction to God inside mindedness. And at one of these jobs, 
it was really though intense with a lot of workload and just a lot of need for excellence i had the opportunity to stand up in front of the entire workforce including some guests they had and preach the gospel out loud that was like one of the, the final stanza of the song of that was my season and chapter over there and that's when something big like that would happen i knew i'm close to graduation here that means i'll probably be at a different job soon because all I knew it was just training ground. We're here for a time and a season. This is a training. What am I here for? What needs to be refined out of mm. me? And once that's refined out of you, there's no need to be there anymore. And it's not a question. Vision. You just, you know, God led me here. I have to change here. And I probably have to influence or change some people here. But you don't do it trying to tell people what to do. The only possible way to do that is be the best at your job in that workforce and grow in excellence. And your prayer is how I'm going to be doing a better job while maintaining being a holy set apart, you know, woman or man of God so that my life is an actual example and people believe just because they see me every day. Like when I had my weight loss, you see when I had my weight loss miracle, I lost 15 pounds of fat overnight. You know, I would be hitting up the Mickey D's double cheeseburger. I can't remember what it was. Something quarter pounder. Something it was something. You eat a double quarter pounder every <laughs> single day. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> because guess what? You work in two jobs. Can I get a witness in the comments? I don't know if I need a witness on that. When you're working two jobs, and then you're going when you get home, it's a job, and you're trying to be a spiritual person. On top of that, I don't have time to cook nothing. I got maybe a mi maybe a microwave maybe eat something at work if they got food there more than likely the those golden arches are glowing and i'm hungry for some meat i don't want i don't need a vegetarian salad i don't want the microwave chicken okay like there's a certain level of hell with those dried up microwave chicken <laughs> when you start to get restored back Ugh. to your destiny though your body also shifts and changes and that stuff that wasn't supposed to be there begins to fall off you yeah. including weight loss miracles yeah so the uh, this is good because <laughs> remember when i tell a testimony the substance is in the word so you can just go ahead and grab that and run with that if you need a weight loss miracle I'm, i hope you get a weight loss miracle the, so. there's a weight loss miracle <laughs> on the elliptical for everyone <laughs> yes amen okay so so it started with the, so the weight loss miracle. <laughs> I lost 15 pounds of fat overnight. <laughs> yep. You should have seen the girls at the office. They were shocked, almost horrified, but not because I look good. And they were all going to, you know how it is, the women at the office. Oh, my God, Rebecca, what happened? What happened to you? What did you do? Tell me. Like they were thinking, is this some weight loss pill, like a diet tea? That like, was really, really when you entered the glory. That's when I entered the glory and yeah. I started eating the word of God every day. I know some people are like, I need to lose the 15 pounds. And it just burned a whole bunch of junk oh, off yeah. her. It was incredible. And it really was the word of God. <laughs> and I was really loyal and faithful to Brandon as the apostle. And so I really was starting to get, you know, like, understand, like, because I asked God to bring me to where God was at the forefront. And so when I, you really get into loyalty, and you can receive, you know, rebuke and correction. You can humble yourself for that. There's so many blessings that just automatically come to you. It's ridiculous. It's off the charts. The blessings and rewards for those who enter the glory realm are incomprehensible for those living apart from God's glory. The glory is a baptism. Mm -hmm. Hebrews 6 says we need the baptisms <laughs> before we go into the training of righteousness. Oh, man. 
This baptism of glory has awesome rewards for you spiritually, mentally, morally, physically, Mm -hmm. beyond comprehension. So pay any price for the baptism of glory. I've seen people seek God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit in in tongues, sometimes 10, 20, 30, 40 years until they get it. And uh, they'll pay any price. and uh, They finally get it, and it's just the best thing in their life. Well, how much more the progressive, after the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of fire, which is the glory, Mm -hmm. that's when you start to really encounter the things of heaven much more so than just the initial down payment of the Holy Spirit on day one. That's that word there is one percent. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues is like one <laughs> percent. It's called first fruits. It's a, it's like one percent of God. The glory is entering. Oh my gosh, infinite. Yeah. It's entering the infinite possibilities of the Father through your lives. That's why going after the God's glory and entering His glory, the baptism of the glory, John 17, Jesus Christ, red letters, Father, I have given them, my disciples, the glory, the glory that I had with you before the world was. Hello? Wow. He's given it to us. Now we need to go into it. We go into it by sacrificing the things in our life that don't have any glory. The sin, the addiction, mm. the lust, the pride, the religiosity, <sighs> the, the bewitchment is a I huge think one. That's why it's so hard for some people to <laughs> let go of certain religious sins because it has a measure of stolen oil and stolen mm. glory. And so when there's glory on something, but it's a sin that's disguised as a mitzvah, it can be hard to let go of things. That's why you need an apostolic revelation. So when we're coming to you as apostles, we're not just coming to you as people who said, let's go to Miami and turn on the camera. We're, we're talking about years and years of practical experience, uh, warfare experience and success and victory and the Holy Ghost over those similar and same things. The, those are all the things that everyone has to get over, right? The, those sins and those habits, those sin patterns, those demons. It's overcoming those same demonic strategies that you take you take the road to the path of Enoch which is the highway of holiness which is the Sephiroth which is Jesus Christ he is the way what do you mean the way what were they talking about this is the way back to the father okay so when we're coming to you with these experiences or battle experience and victory we're not here to debate or argue or you know it's just it's already been pioneered here it is now walk in it you don't have to reinvent the wheel you don't have to re-pioneer it you can just simply learn from those who went ahead of you so you can walk in it faster right when bob jones what took him 40 years to do he said i'm giving it to you now you can get it in just one sermon <laughs> yeah you Amen. can just get it listening get it in to his seed form in seed form and then you grow it you have to be faithful to growing up that seed into maturity yep. though so, but what, but the revelation that took him 40 years to get, he would just preach. Mm-hmm. So the revelations that we've had from all these years of battle and trial and error, and, you know, there's been some, some losses. Decades and, on the front lines. And, and then victories, and you pick yourself back up and the Holy Ghost, and you go back, okay, let's, let's go back to this battle. How can we win? And then winning, and there's always victory. So we found there's always victory in Jesus Christ. So when we come with these revelations and these instructions or corrections, rebukes, it's because we don't want to see you die on the battlefield. We don't want to see you get losses. We want to see you strong in the Lord, strong in the Word, and hey, this works. This is the way 
So hey, walk in it. And we're finding that those who do are successful in rising in Christ. Jesus threw the pigs off the cliff the same way Elijah threw the prophets of Baal off the cliff. Amen. And they're the same thing. This is how you deal with the self-inspiration, the bewitchment in people's lives. You can't heal bewitchment. There, it's, it's a deception that's not healable. The, the solution is the pigs and the pit of Elijah and the lamb, which means you just throw it away. You, you have to baptize. It has to experience a death. It has to experience a breaking. That's why it's not like you can just come in, listen to the word, and be like, oh, kumbaya, I'm good now. I'm healed, man. I'm on fire for God. I'm, I'm going up the, the ladder. No, you're going to go down and like the pigs and like the prophets of Baal first. And if you don't think so, just forget about it because you don't understand how much of the human nature God wants to destroy all of it all of it. Mm-hmm. And he wants to build up Jesus and destroy the first Adam and raise up the second Adam in you. And so the first Adam gets the pit. It gets the pigs. It goes off the cliff. It gets the same treatment as the prophets of, of Baal and, the, and all of the false prophets of, of Jezebel when Elijah faced him on Mount Carmel. And understand that's how it's dealt with. The bewitchment is dealt with by total annihilation. And if you can receive that, you can come out of any part of Babylon the Great. But if that's something like, oh, that's too harsh and severe judgment, well, you're not going to get fully delivered. You're going to have areas of your sin still connected to altars of demons and cups of demons because you're not willing to fully destroy the human nature. That's really what boils down to how far in the cross are you willing to take the human nature to develop Jesus Christ within you? It's available for everyone. Now, who will go off the pit and go off the, the cliff with the pigs? We want to be on there and be like, oh, I'm going to go minister. I'm going to be a big minister. I'm going to do all these things for God. You need to be first be baptized into his death, buckwheat. There needs to be a total, mm-hmm. continuous annihilation of you for Christ to live through you. And without that, you can't be a disciple. And so that's foundation for all of us. That's foundations for the glory Mm -hmm. is the constant termination to the human nature, which is the constant glorification of Jesus Christ in us. Amen. Amen. It's important to know because (laughs) you lose your identity as a seed before you sprout as a plant of Mm -hmm. righteousness. And so just say goodbye, old personality, old identity. We're just going to put that to death you lose your identity and people have an identity crisis when they get into the glory and they realize the animal nature has to die but let your identity be planted in the new nature which is the seed of the god sperm divine genetics of your father and let that grow up in you that's the life of christ i don't want to know anything about you I don't want to know, except for Christ and, and what? Him crucified. Exactly. Amen. I don't want to know anything about this guy. He doesn't want to know mm-hmm. anything about me that has to do with No, no nefesh. one after the flesh, even your own spouse or family mm-hmm. members. It's illegal. Paul says, know no one mm-hmm. after the flesh. You can only know them after the, the circumcised heart. Otherwise, it's condemned as mm-hmm. sin. It's just living in damnation. It's living in darkness. So we need to really go after the circumcision of heart, purify our hearts, go after mm-hmm. the sword of the Lord. Yep. Seek the sword of the Lord to cut 
all the things of the human being off of your heart and Jesus Christ to take over mm -hmm. your mind from the inside. Amen. Mm. And so when you know each other after the spirit and not the flesh, after the spirit and not the flesh, that is when you can step into that realm of true compassion and fellowship, which as Brandon had taught today, if you follow us online, there's links in the description below so you can get plugged into Facebook and get the daily teaching, get the daily bread. Uh, that's going to keep you really fed with apostolic revelation because we put a lot of things out there that you're just, you won't even find it on these videos. You won't find it anywhere else. You'll find it on Facebook. And some of that makes, some of it makes its way to Instagram, but mainly it's going to be on Facebook. Yep. And so that's a good place to be, get plugged in. If you don't have a Facebook uh, profile, go ahead and just make one. With your real name your and real a name. real picture of yourself, yeah. stop hiding. What are you afraid <laughs> of? Fear no man, it is written. Mm -hmm. Fear God. We require your real name and a real uh, face. Amen. Because you're going into glory school and God's using social media as mm -hmm. glory school. It's important. You can't yeah. fake your name going to any school in the entire universe, especially the school of Elijah here in RLM TV. Come on now. Amen. So as he was uh, writing earlier, to I think that was today still, about true fellowship and what that is. And uh, do you want to maybe share that about true fellowship? Yeah, it's creating an atmosphere yeah. of revelation. That's the whole point. That's and what the circumcision of heart is. It's the manifest cloud of the covenant of Israel. <laughs> oh, come on. That's why we have this cloud today. Woo! Because we've been experiencing this, this glory uh, cloud. Even though it hasn't physically manifest visibly, we've been experiencing this beautiful cloud. As we know each other after the Spirit, there's a fellowship when we revelate. And we wanted to share that with you because that's a normal part of our relationship is revelatory Invisible fellowship. light is the highest form of light. Yeah. Invisible light is the highest form of light. Amen. And that gives us the light of revelation about who he is. Whoa, I just saw, like, I don't even know, like, <laughs> yeah. gee, whoa, that's <laughs> Take so that crazy. in the comments. That'll activate a realm was, of glory whoa, in your lives. Invisible light is the highest form of light. That's the glory mm -hmm. realm. That's the realm. It, it's not always... Uh, God keeps it hidden so that the eyes don't often see it. But oh my gosh, yeah. is the energy today was mm -hmm. off the chart. So crazy. <laughs> it's so good. But why is this important to have revelatory fellowship with your spouse or, you know, with your friends, with your family, with your Christian friends? Because if the purpose of your fellowship is not for... Uh, creating an atmosphere for revelation, then you're going to be opening the door to monitoring spirits, witchcraft spirits, and familiar spirits. Why? Because you begin to know each other after the nefesh or after the uncircumcised ruah. And you want to know Christ in each other and him, him circumcised, certainly, and him crucified. Yeah. And that's the circumcisions. He's the covenant, so that means he's the circumcised one and the yeah. one also circumcising yep come on amen spirit of elijah so you know this is probably w uh, the reason why there's so much bewitchment and confusion in oh christianity yeah. you have not been taught correctly <laughs> that, that the mark of the new covenant is the circumcision of heart if that was the foundation of christianity mm. do you realize how much more mature believers would be and less flaky and less uh feeling and and, and human orientated and mm -hmm. in, in all of their belief systems it would be so divine 
we need to reestablish the covenant. It's the covenant and of circumcision of heart is the new covenant. Circumcision of flesh, the old covenant, which is pure wisdom now. We use the Old Testament continuously for a greater wisdom. But now in the New Testament, the new covenant, it's always for the circumcision of heart, which means peeling back the first Adam of the inner man for the second Adam to rise from our hearts. Come Amen. on. So when you have that revelatory <laughs> atmosphere, so as we respect each other, we know each other after the spirit and not just like, you know, when you are in a close relationship with someone, let's say, look at you at home with your family or your close friends or believers. When you're in close proximity, the temptation is to look at the parts that are not yet uh, renewed, right? That has not yet put on immortality, has not yet been perfected in Christ. So it's the easy thing to do and the satanic thing to do. Temptations of the accuser. Yep, is to just remember the faults and the mistakes or just to be irritated mm. uh, with the different little whatever, whatever you might perceive as a shortcoming or someone made a mistake or something like that, you know, that or remembering past uh, five years ago, you did this, they said that, and I still haven't let it go. You know, what is that? That's nefesh activity, uncircumcised mm. flesh. A and, and, you know, even as we rise, there's still the temptation. Enoch said that the temptation to do harm to wisdom would not diminish. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. We have to always know each other after the spirit, and that's wisdom and not do harm to wisdom because when you go against the plans and the purposes and the ways of God you're doing harm to God's plan in your life he wants to have his plan come to fruition in your life and your family's life but if you're not following his ways and you're fighting his ways by knowing each other in familiarity knowing each other after the flesh or after the uncircumcision is the opening of the door of familiar spirits. So when you don't know each other after the spirit and you know each other after the flesh, yep. that is the open door for familiar spirits. And the more, uh, the higher someone is in Christ, the more dangerous it is to do that with them. And so when you look at the rungs, that's why the higher you go, the more critical it is to only know mm -hmm. yourself and know each other and know others, know your leaders, especially after the spirit and not the flesh, because that can open the door to familiar spirits. And as Apostle Shadrach has been teaching, he's been teaching really well on that. Really highly advise that you go back and watch those uh, episodes if you missed those on dealing with the monitoring spirits, dealing with the familiar spirits. Uh, but this is just a little bit more apostolic revelation for you to close those doors. Right, shut the door. <laughs> right, what was the, one of the verses that we had this week? Uh, the instruction for the filling of the oil, the oil vessels that was overflowing. First, shut the door, and then fill the vessels. And the, out of that overflow, they could use the money to support and completely live their lives on and take care of. You know, it was money. It was a monetary thing. But what did they have to do first? Shut the door. So we need to shut the door to the demonic influence. And one of the main things is that temptation to be familiar. Maybe you've been around the apostleship for a while. Maybe you've been around your family members or married for a while, been friends with someone for a while, and you know their past. You know maybe their weaknesses. Demonic spirits want to use you 
to, to know and look for, be familiar with potential weaknesses in Christian believers so that they can try and take them out. So that means don't be a part of the problem because when you become a part of the problem, the problem will find you. So you want to be part of the solution. Shut the door on the familiar spirits. Only know one another after the spirit and not the flesh and get the circumcision. So close the door. When you become familiar with the anointed ones, you become familiar with the things of God. That is when you open the door to familiar spirits. So get that shut. And I will read this to you from my notes just real quick on that. So that is why you can say something that might be so heavy in the presence of God that the manifest weight of the cloud of glory and the fear of God presents itself and is felt by others. But when you say it to a family member or a familiar friend, there's no fear of God and they can react with indifference, which is a lack of sensitivity to the Holy Ghost, which we all need to repent of, right? Because we're all dealing with familiar spirits. Mm. Or it can even manifest as a negative reaction. So what does that mean? That same glory and heavy presence and that weight mm. of kavod that came that's coming Whoa, out of the Holy big Ghost. Angel flesh. Uh, Holy Ghost flow through you that you would say to someone who's not familiar with you or knows you after the Spirit and they're just astonished at, oh my gosh, the fear of the Lord. And then you go and say it to a family member, the same thing, the mm. same exact way, and they're just like indifferent. It's, that is uh, so good and clear that the lack of sensitivity of honoring what the Holy Spirit is saying through your life, if that person is not feeling it, and caught up by it, it's always a blockage of a familiar spirit. That is so crucial mm -hmm. to understand that. And so I want to encourage everyone, you know, because that's something that we're repenting of. That's something the entire body needs to repent of. Mm -hmm. This season is very important to close those doors. Just a renewal of the fear of God. Every healthy love relationship has a healthy amount of fear in it. What does that mean? A fear to offend. Doesn't mean you're not going to not tell them the truth, but you consider the other person, right? We always want to consider the feelings of the Holy Ghost and be sensitive. Mm -hmm. When God's moving through your spouse, it doesn't matter if he forgot to take the trash out last mm -hmm. week or if she did, went, flipped out on you for, you know, dealing, manifesting some spirit and got delivered. Never hold anyone's, if you witness someone's deliverance, you can never hold that against them because they got delivered. You can never think less of them and never know them after whatever spirit they got delivered of because then guess what? That spirit comes upon you and you start to sin in the way that you were sinned against. So really walk in forgiveness, forgive and see of forgetfulness. Yep, and the river just keeps yep. washing it further and further, further away, away from you yep. through your brain every day. So, mm. so the familiar spirit becomes the pig which the pearls are cast to until there can no longer be fellowship and revelation with the family members at home. It happens with spouses, kids, aunts, uncles, family, friends. So I'm going to say that again. The familiar spirit becomes the pig. What started off as just innocent looking familiarity or just a little, you know, irritation or indifference. Usually it's just an indifference. I don't mm, feel the glory on that. That's what blocked Jesus from doing miracles in his hometown. Mm -hmm. The familiar spirits, they were familiar with him. Well, I didn't feel the glory on that. What are they so talking about? So they all about? had blockages and mm -hmm. couldn't receive any of the glory of the heaven through the Messiah. It's dangerous. Oh my gosh. Especially in this company because everyone is yep. going to be walking as a revelatory Don't get familiar believer. with each other. Yep. 
None of you, just just stay walking in the reverential fear and awe of God Amen. and what He's doing in each other's yeah. hearts. That's what knowing yeah. each other after the heart yeah. is. You're always being upgraded. The God who created you is living inside of that person. So mm. honor that vessel. So the familiar spirit becomes the pig which the pearls are cast to until there can no longer be fellowship and revelation with the family members at home. That's Satan's plan to attack the family unit. So the evil inclination then uses this sad state at home to push them toward wrong relationships with other believers or anyone they can push them into a wrong relationship mm. with. Why does that, you know, that's, that's the familiar story that we've all heard of. The woman is the spiritual one and the man is just dull. He doesn't, you know, read the, he won't even read the Bible to her or they can't blah, blah. He's, he doesn't understand her after the spirit. Some kind of thing, you know, the, that old kind of trope of the woman being the spiritual one. I've heard that, that maybe it's more popular in the outer courts, Christianity, but that happens so often. They'll say one of the spouses is the spiritual one and then they don't feel happy. They can't be spiritually satisfied in their relationship with their spouse. So they guess what? The demons will find them a church spouse, a, a not like their spiritual spouse in another human being because, well, this person knows who I am in the spirit because they're not familiar with you. It's easier when you're not familiar. So they can see who I am. They can receive my ministry. Finally, someone who can receive my ministry and understand you're being a whore at that point. That is spiritual whoredom. And it's rampant in the United States of America churches. It's rampant. It's crazy. I, even in the place where I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, this church, the Lord told me to leave. We're like, get baptized and get out. <laughs> you know, it, oh, even like this, who were considered the spiritual parents over there. And it was just like, I am assuming these two are, you know, married. And it was just all kinds of just rampant, weird stuff and people running after anybody else but who God has for them and destroys relationships with the parent and the child relationship as well because the kids feel like the parents can't understand, the parents feel like the kids can't understand and it, it's about destroying the family unit. So shut the door on that and remember true fellowship even at home, your kids, your family, your cats, your dog, maybe not the cats and the dog, but your family, your friends, your group of believers, your, your prayer meetings, your fellowship. Remember true fellowship, and this is from the Apostle Brandon Barthrop. Remember true fellowship creates an atmosphere for revelation. <laughs> so key. So you want to foster that at home by not becoming familiar with each other or with God's leaders and only know one another after the spirit and so be set free from familiar spirits mm. at that repentance in jesus name and thank you father for a great repentance mm. we repent of knowing one another after the flesh not knowing one another after the spirit let our people be forgiven and we just pray that you will have the joy and renewed right relationship with god and with each other in the purity and the righteousness of our virgin king, Jesus. And if the sun sets you free from familiar spirits, you are free indeed in Jesus' name. Bam. <laughs> Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed guests and beloved supporters, 
Today I stand before you with a heart filled with gratitude and a vision illuminated by faith. We are gathered here not just as individuals, but as a collective force with a shared purpose to extend a hand of abundance, to bring forth prosperity, and to manifest the heavenly realities in our world. As we embark on this journey together, I am reminded of the words of Proverbs 3, 9, and 10, which says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the firstfruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. It is through our acts of honoring and abundance that we have the opportunity to make a tangible difference in the lives of those around us. RLM TV's missions are not confined by geographical boundaries. From the bustling streets of Florida to the sprawling landscapes of America, from the vibrant city of Nairobi, Kenya, to the farthest reaches of the globe, our mission knows no limits. We are driven by a commitment to serve, a commitment rooted in the teachings of Matthew 6.33, where it is proclaimed, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. With your support, we have the power to manifest abundance, to uplift communities, to sow seeds of prosperity that will yield a harvest of blessings for generations to come. Your generosity is not merely a financial transaction. It is an investment in the heavenly realities, an investment in the embetterment of our world. In the book of Malachi 3.10, we are reminded that bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not enough room to store it. Let us therefore open the floodgates of heaven with our giving, with the overflow of our hearts, and with the promise of a more than enough abundance. Today I humbly ask you to join us on this noble journey. Your contributions will enable us to continue this vital work, to reach even further, to serve more, and to manifest the heavenly realities around the world. As you open your hearts and your hands in generosity, may you be blessed abundantly, not just in material wealth, but in the riches of glory, in the joy of giving, and in the knowledge that you have co-created in the building of the kingdom of heaven on earth. As our Jewish sages taught, tithing is the holiness available below. And as our Master Jesus the Christ proclaimed, Give, and it will be given back to you, good measurements that overflow. Together, let us be the agents of change that our world so desperately needs. Together, let us be the vessels of prosperity that bring forth the heavenly realities. Together, let us make miracles happen. Thank you, from the depths of my heart, for your unwavering support and your boundless generosity. May the fruitful abundance of heaven overflow in your life. God bless you. Amen.